were once warned about a dark winter, and it obviously never came to fruition because the people in position of power are usually idiots. But are we in a dark, real dark winter now as uh, Wisconsin keeps losing? Losers four out of their last five as uh, they had everyone back besides Max Klesman would go to Northwestern after a rescheduling fiasco due to COVID, uh, I guess, allegedly. We'll get into that, but they lose to the Northwestern Wildcats. Uh, good morning, Rowdy. On the road, a, a tough game last night. Wisconsin could have won it, couldn't shoot from the field, and also could not make a uh, free throw to save their lives. Very winnable game that they did not win. Yeah, uh, very disappointing uh, last night for the Milwaukee Brewers, or Milwaukee Brewers, for the Wisconsin Badgers. We will get uh, into that more as the show progresses. Uh, some good news, though. The Milwaukee Bucks, they get some players back, i.e. Giannis Adendokounmpo after five games off with left knee soreness, and Chris Middleton, who hadn't played since December 15th, and they royally spanked the Detroit Pistons last night. So a little good and a bad of uh, the basketball court last night. The Badgers losing, but the Bucks winning. I would much have preferred a Badgers win in the regular season than a Bucks win in the regular season. But it was good to have Chris Middleton and Giannis back. So there, there's the yin and the yang of the hardwood last night, Rowdy. Uh, didn't really watch much of uh, the Bucks. Watched more of the Badgers, obviously. But um, nice to have, I guess, some winning to talk about today with the Bucks. But to the Badgers, are we going to be actually entering uh, something we've been scared into, which never came to fruition again, a, an actual dark winter coming up here with the Wisconsin Badgers? Yeah, I mean, I think, I think it is. You, you look got at your their- Badger Motion W on today. You look at their schedule. They're twelve and six, four and four in the Big Ten, and they started out three and zero. Oh, and you're sitting there going, "Oh, they're looking pretty decent." And then Tyler Wall goes down. Yeah. They lose three straight. Next Klesman, he goes down. Now one and one since Tyler Wall has returned, and Tyler Wall has not looked good in his return. Now you're sitting there going, "They probably need at least seven wins." To make yeah. the tournament. Yeah. And there's 12 games left. Yeah. And there's a tough schedule ahead of them, too. And again, the only the only teams that really feel like you should go out and beat are Minnesota is like the only real given. Even Nebraska has beaten Ohio State <laughs> and won some games. The only team that feels like a given on the schedule is Minnesota. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Coming up, they, got, no, they have three games in six days. Greg Gard was talking about it last night after the game. He's like, I don't care about the schedule. He's like, we, we played three in a row in the Bahamas. When you're in March Madness, you play games back-to-back or uh, every other night. He goes, these guys are used to this. We can do this. But they have... Maryland tomorrow. So Wisconsin drove uh, to Northwestern yesterday, got a little shoot around in, then played the game. Right after the game, they're hopping on a charter. They hopped on a charter flight and are going to Maryland. So they're going to practice today and then go to play Maryland tomorrow at six o'clock. And then they got to come back home, get on the plane after the game, and they have Illinois on Saturday before they have a break when they get Ohio State then on the road next Thursday the second. Yeah, but Ebo, these kids are nineteen. <laughs> they should be able to, you know, have their schedule changed at the last second and get on red eyes and get ready to play. Let's see here. Yeah. At least that's what Dave from Monona was saying yesterday. Yeah, and David, David, I mean, listen, they're kids. They play AAU basketball. They play five games in, in one day for tournaments. Now, I know the, the level gets a little ramped up when you get to college. Uh, I'm not going to be, you know, crying myself to sleep over these guys. Uh, yeah, here's Gardo. Here's Gardo on the on the three games in six days. Take a listen. We played three in a row in the Bahamas. 
You know, if you get in the postseason, you play every other day for each weekend. So, you know, these guys are, are basketball players. They're used to this stuff. It's unique. Obviously, we're the only team having to do this, but I felt it was important for us to play games, and uh, there was really no other. We looked at every single spot in the calendar, and there was, there was the only way to make this happen was doing this. That's a guard. Uh, he had more comments saying, like, I wanted the, my team to play games, so we're going to go play games. Speaking of playing games, could not playing that Grambling State game come into play because say they finish 500 in conference and they go 18 and 12. Normally when you look at teams that are fringe on the, on the bubble for the NCAA tournament, normally 19 is what gets you in. Yeah. And I think we all would agree that when you're favored by 20 plus against Grambling, you'd expect to win. Yeah. Now, when they look at your your resume and, and, and quality wins, where would that even would be like a quad four win? I mean, it wouldn't come up on that, but just, even the, be a quad win? just the overall number of wins. Because yeah. a lot of times when they look at those fringe NCAA teams, 19 is like that number where it's like, if you can't get to 19. Well, they look at you, resumes. I'm sure they'd look into it and go into play. But again, you, you didn't play the game. And that was because of not Wisconsin's fault. That was Grambling's fault for not being able to get into town because the weather was bad, I guess. I mean, I remember the day. It wasn't really that bad. Uh, the the weather people drummed it up a lot more than it actually really was. Uh, but how about this? Out of out of everyone, we had Grant Bills at the Wisco Sports Show. He came in yesterday. He was on coming back from Milwaukee to making the journey back to Lacrosse. So we stopped in Madison. He popped in the studio in the nine o'clock hour, and he made some bold proclamation. And I think he even tweeted it out that Jordan Davis would get hot and have himself a hell of a game. Well, guess what happened? Jordan Davis actually uh, came into the game and did pretty damn good for himself. He was hitting some big threes. I would say that Jordan Davis was the only Badger hot in this game. Yeah, it was it was wild. Uh, he 15 points, career high, uh, added, what, six rebounds, including three in the offensive end. He was shooting from beyond the arc well. So Jordan Davis, of all people, was the one that was helping the Badgers out. Um, other than that, my God, their offense totally stunk, especially late. The Badgers, stop me if you've heard this before, could not execute any plays down the stretch or get a bucket to go through the cylinder. The Chucky Hepburn hero ball, uh, he, he must have really loved Demetri Trace uh, watching him because, my God, it gets so infuriating to him just chucking up these, well, chuck it up, Chucky, with all these damn threes rounding the hero ball. I can't stand the hero ball. Yeah, the offense, the last two minutes of the game, pathetic. Yeah, it's terrible. It was missed. Miss shots in the paint or chucks from like five feet behind the three-point line off balance. Yeah, that's so annoying. Also, something that was quite strange. We talked about Tyler Wall hasn't really been playing very well since he came back from that ankle injury. Why on God's green earth is he taking four shots from behind the arc? Yeah, it's not, he that's take not his, his game. Has he taken four shots behind the arc the entire rest of the season? I feel like it's got to be close, but he's definitely he, not a shooter. I know he's, I, I remember him hitting one three-pointer or at least two three-pointers early in the season. And they're like, yeah, he didn't really, I mean, that's not his game. How many three-pointers does he have in his career? Like four? I don't know. Then he had turnover. Tyler Wall had four turnovers last night too. Wisconsin, seven turnovers on the night. Wall coming for four of them. So the the Wall turnovers and the shooting from beyond the arc, you're like, what are you doing? Uh, don't try to make up for lost time here, dude. Just play your game as it should be. And Stephen Crowell, I mean, he's been known to stroke a couple threes here and there. He missed some wide open three pointers that really could have changed the outcome of that game. Tyler Wall has made five three pointers. Oh, I knew I was close with that four. The entire season. 
for the entire season, and he took four last night. Not ideal. Not ideal at all. And then, listen, when you got Chucky Hepburn, Tyler Wall, and Connor Asijan, the combined, they shot 29.7% from the field. That's not going to get it done. That's terrible. And then 56.3, that was the percentage they shot from the free throw line. Does everyone Was everyone favorite player Tyler Wall then? Or, I mean, sorry, Ethan Happ? From the free throw line? Well, it doesn't make any sense because this team was shooting like 70% early in the season. Like when they were playing the Kansases of the world, when they were playing in the Bahamas, that first, what, two-month stretch of non-conference basketball, they were shooting free throws at a decently high clip. Now all of a sudden they get to the Big Ten and they can't make free throws? Yeah, so I can't stand the free throw thing. It's it's something that's been bothering the Badgers for quite some time, and it's so annoying. It well, just, Steve, Stephen Crowell also was able to shoot the basketball and make free throws in non-conference season. Yeah, what happened? 0 for 3 from behind the arc, 2 for 4 from the free throw line. What in the world is going on? Chucky Hepburn, 1 for 3. Uh, I know it's ebbs and flows of a season, and Tyler Wall was out, and you know McClesman is out now, but... You got to be able to kind of pull yourself up. This is a very winnable game last night for the Wisconsin Badgers. It was a very winnable game, especially and, when you get 15 points from Jordan Davis. Yeah, like Jordan Davis come up, yeah, it, again. I mean, you can look at a couple things. You know, the Wall and the and the turnovers that he had, just four of them, four of them. But the trio, the trio of Hepper and Wall and Asijan combined, going 29.7. When someone's when three guys are cold like that, it's brutal. I don't know why they get away from not pounding down low. Uh, and then go to this hero ball stuff. And then the free, th- the free throws thing, Rowdy, like that's something that will never be able to be solved till the end of time. It's something that I'm sure a lot of uh, teams and their fan bases yell about. It's something that you grow up, when you grow up playing basketball, what's the one thing you always do? You're always shooting free throws. I never understood how you can't shoot free throws. Like, it's something people practice day in and day out. Well, I think one thing that hasn't been talked about that much where they've really been getting beat pretty much all season but still winning in spite of it, they've they've gotten out rebounded on almost every single game this year. Yeah, unless they're playing like South Dakota. Yeah, it's yeah. And Northwestern Northwestern didn't even have you know that big or that deep of big men. No, the, the one guy came in and fouled out five <laughs> fouls in five minutes. <laughs> he was a hack. <laughs> yeah, let's see here. Um, was that that Martin? How do you was it Martin Neely? Martin Nelly, whatever it was. Um, no, it was uh, Verhoeven. Yeah, Verhoeven. That's what it he, was. He yeah. literally had five fouls in five minutes. Yeah. He attempted one shot, and he had one turnover. <laughs> five. How about this stat line? Five minutes, one shot, one rebound, uh, one assist, one steal, one turnover, and five fouls in five minutes. That's pretty effective, Rowdy. If you think about, well, it. he was he was one of their rotational big men. <laughs> That's that stat line. I'm not that stat line is very impressive in its own right. The fact that you were able to do all of that. The only thing he couldn't get is a point or a defensive rebound. Other than that, and a block, I guess. Well, think about it. Five fouls in five. Northwestern's coming off of having COVID, so you got to imagine whoever had COVID is not going to be a hundred percent on their team. Yeah, it looks like Northwestern was somewhat thin at the big, you know, forward and center position. They had multiple guys come out there not look very good or foul out in five minutes. And yet we have Tyler wall shooting threes and Steven Crowell only getting seven shots when he clearly had a size advantage. Yeah. 
But they chucked up a ton of threes. Not many went in. No, not, not many at all. And they had big-time open looks, too. That's the thing that's frustrating. Uh, you know, when Tyler 31 Wall... 31 threes. Yeah. It wasn't, wasn't pretty for the Badgers last night, man. Again, it's still a winnable game. That's the thing. Still a winnable game. Well, you lo- Yeah, you lost by one bucket. Yeah. Yeah, it was... And at the end, it's just at the end. Uh, the Chucky Hepburn hero ball at the end, it's so infuriating. It's so... It's just... Why do the Badgers just seize up in the final, you know, couple minutes of a game? All right, so those Big Ten standings as the Badgers keep slipping now, man. Uh, let's see here. Purdue still leads the way, obviously eight and one. Rutgers five and three. Michigan five and three. Northwestern four and three. Uh, Michigan State five and four. Indiana four and four. Penn State four and four. I mean, a lot of lot of logjam here at four and four in conference play. There's one, two, three, four, five teams, all right there, four and four, and one of them's the Badgers. So with Indiana, Penn State, Illinois, Wisconsin, and Iowa. And then, uh, I mean, you, you already talked about how bad Minnesota is. They're last in the Big Ten. Minnesota is like the only f- team that feels like a gimme. Yeah. But, that I mean, even say you get the gimme in Minnesota, you still have to find probably six more wins. Yeah. Well, look through the schedule and try to find some wins here for the Badgers uh, coming up. But yeah, just reacting on the game, man. Uh, Jordan Davis had a hell of a hell of, had a hell of a time, man. He was he was crushing it. Other than that, everyone kind of disappointed last night, and the Badgers are just they're just too thin. And I'm not talking about like Marcus Ilver; he is thin, but I mean the bench just they don't have the bodies. When someone goes down, even one guy goes down, the, the team is just you can tell. Well, obviously they missed Wall for those games. But even missing Max Klesman now, I mean, it's it's glaring of how thin this team is, Rowdy. It's tough. Yeah, but even with Tyler Wall playing in those three games, I think Tyler Wall being there, I think they only win one of those games. Yeah. Like, like the Indiana game, they just got run out of the building. Yeah. Illinois, I think it would have been a, possibly a different story because of Tyler Wall, just because... They kind of had their way inside, but then uh, it wasn't even that. It was the fact that a bunch of no-name players were chucking up threes and every single one of them were going in. Yeah. But I do think they win the Michigan State game for sure. Because <sighs> that was a game that was right there to be had as well, and obviously you didn't have Tyler Wall. I think I think you, you probably were 1-2 if he would have played, Yeah. and you would have played a lot better against Indiana. Yeah, the Indiana, I mean, the Indiana game was just an ass-spanking. Of biblical proportions. So, I mean, Badgers now, again, they get on the flight. They're probably, you know, I would imagine they would be landing in Maryland and be in Maryland by now. So they're going to probably get a little shut-eye and then get to practice it and get ready to play tomorrow. So Badgers, what? They already beat Maryland, but that was at the Kohl Center uh, earlier this season. Yeah, Maryland coming off of a tough loss to Purdue. Um, Went right down to the wire. Man. That was on, I believe, Saturday. And and Maryland's going to be a little well-rested, obviously. All right, so 608 321 A little opening with the a Badgers, you know, bitch session here as uh, times are getting a little tight. Got to tighten up that belt and keep on walking it out. Bucks, though, do get a win with Giannis and Chris Middleton back. That is nice to see. I don't know how one man could be so blessed. Talking about myself, that is. Because yeah. I got to see Grant Bills yesterday in person and on the show in the 9 o'clock hour. It's not even 24 hours later, and here he is again via the phone. Grant Bills of the Wisco Sports Show. Good morning. Good morning, Evo. I'm I'm happy to be here, but I, I wish I was doing better. I'm not doing well this morning. Oh, is it because of the Badgers? Well, here's the thing. I you called yeah, it. You called one thing, though. You called it. You were on it, Grant. 
I was up all night in a cold sweat. I couldn't get to sleep. I, I was shivering, and I, I, I had this bad dream that Jordan Davis had a career high last night and played really well. Mm. And then Chucky Hepburn just couldn't hit a shot. And Tyler Wall couldn't hit a free throw. It was it was a terrible dream. Ugh. And I just, oh, 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 it's the worst. Well, Grant, it's more evidence that everyone listens to over the line because you did say that Jordan Davis, you had a feeling, was going to go off. And well, he did. Your show is, is meant to motivate. You know, your show is the, the, the tide that raises all ships. You know, it, it puts people on blast, but it, it motivates them. It, it elevates them, really. Yeah, yeah. All right. Th- thank you, Grant. You correct. It is the tide that you raises don't th- all you the don't ships. You don't think so? No, I, Grant. I don't think so. I know so. Come, oh, okay, okay, okay. Come on. It never sounds okay. good when you say it yourself because then you seem like you're on a power trip. Yeah, you seem you like know. you're kind of full sure. of the, full of yourself. Yeah, yeah. but th- thank you, Grant Bills. But yes, uh, the, are you worried about the Wisconsin Badgers and uh, the possibility of making the NCAA tournament? Uh, well, look, I don't, I don't, I don't want to get ahead of myself here. I am a little worried that, like, are, are they, they, they're good. I'm not saying they're not good, but like last night, that version, it, it's not like, like Chucky Hepburn can't get his shot whenever he wants. He's small, right? So we, we watch him take all of these really bad shots because it's really sometimes the only way he can get shots off. And he was like, what, four of 16 last night? He was lucky to hit four of the shots. Because the shot selection was so poor, and then Tyler Wall is like doing some nice things, I guess. But then the other team, you know, blitzes him, double teams him, or puts him on the free throw line, and then he can't hit free throws to save his life. And I, I don't know if the season's been not hitting jump shots like last night. Where's the offense supposed to come from? Yeah. Like it just looked so bad. Jordan Davis apparently. Yeah. Hey, Grant. I, he was I everywhere. I don't want to. I don't want to just keep hammering on bad things. I'll talk good things. How about this? Speaking yeah. of offense, good. Yeah. Googly, moogly, our Milwaukee mm-hmm. Bucks. They get Giannis Antetokounmpo back after five games, right? They get Chris Middleton yeah. back, who like hasn't done anything all year. I mean, last time he played was December fifteenth, and with these two back, the Bucks dropped the proverbial hammer on the Pistons. Season high points in a quarter, forty nine points in a half, eighty three points in a game, one hundred and fifty. When the Bucks have their full collection of stars, are they truly the best team in the NBA? Mm-hmm. Well, or the Pistons kind of just bad. Well, it's both, both. but I mean, the Rockets are a really bad team. The Rockets lit into the Timberwolves last night. So like bad teams can be good teams in in the NBA, but a lot of Bucks fans have been freaking out, you know, because their record, I believe since December 1st or whatever arbitrary date that I saw yesterday, was like 10 and 11. Like they've just been kind of middling around 500 for the last month and a half. And I think most Bucks fans believe that if Giannis and Chris and Brooke and Drew are all healthy, that this team is really good. But it does start to get a little nerve-wracking when you haven't seen the guys healthy, right? Because then you, it feels like you're cheering for an idea and not an actual team. Mm. And last night, seeing all those guys back on the floor together, I think the energy was just really good. I mean, I, the first time I checked the score, Evo, because yeah. I left work around 6 and the game started at 6, so I'm driving home. And I get home and I open my laptop and the score is like 28 to 10. I'm like, all right. Let's go. Like, I, it was great. So I was just able to kind of focus on the Badger game. But they're shooting really well from three in the month of January, too. And it wasn't just their main guys. Like, Javon Carter was hitting shots. And Bobby Portis was great before he got hurt. So it was a, it was a full team effort last night. 
I love it. Yeah, I'm, nice to see the Middleton back. I was like, because I think I asked you, is Middleton ever going to play for the Bucks again? And you're like, I think, yeah. I think he's going to play tonight. Grant, you had two little uh, Nostradamus, Bills Adamas takes yesterday. Jordan Davis would be uh, go off, and that we'll see Chris Middleton. So well done, Grant. Well, well done on you. Well, you know, a broken watch is correct uh, twice a day, I believe is the well, expression. But let's see uh, on your third prediction then, Bills Adamas. Oh, no. Oh, no. Will Aaron Rodgers be traded? I don't know why, but it kind of started to feel like it the last two days, yeah. right? Like, I don't I don't think anything happened. I think Adam Schefter and Ian Rappaport went on TV a few times and were like, well, for the right price, it could happen. And Packers fans are all like, oh, boy, it's happening. And I, I don't know. Maybe the Packers do trade Aaron Rodgers. A, a lot of the numbers say that, like, if they don't trade Rodgers now, they, they basically can't trade him at all. They basically got to ride this out and eat the money at the end of this contract. So if the if the Packers sign up for one more year of Rodgers, they're really signing up for two more years. So it, it would make all the sense in the world that they would trade him now. I just have a hard time believing that Goody can pull the trigger on it. But I, the last couple of days, it's really started to feel like it. What have you been talking about with your listeners? Uh, we, well, we just started to dip our toes into the, uh, the Aaron Rodgers and trade talk. We talked about it yesterday. And I, what was the consensus, yeah. Rowdy, that if it, it goes to the Jets, please, for the love of God, do not send Zach Wilson here? Yeah, that's my one thing, is if they are <laughs> going to trade him, I do not want any package that includes Zach Wilson. Yeah, me, I, I will take Elijah Moore. I will take defensive players. I will take picks. I think no I, Zach Wilson. I think I even said I would denounce my fandom of the Packers live on air if they traded for Zach Wilson. Yeah, I don't I don't want to waste any of the return or the value for Aaron Rodgers on a quarterback. Like it would have been the same if they dealt him to Vegas. Like I don't want Derek Carr in return. Uh, if if Aaron Rodgers isn't going to be here, I want to play Jordan Love and if Jordan Love thinks great, then they can tank and draft somebody else. Like I, I don't want to do this halfway. I'm not a half measures guy, emo. I I, I have no interest in getting like a quarterback uh, downgrade back in a trade. I, I don't want to do that. So I'm with you. If they trade him to the Jets, I think the Jets make a lot of sense. And there's plenty of people who've been saying that for a while. If you get a first and a third, a first and a fourth, you're not going to get the Russell Wilson package, but that's fine. You can still get a really nice um, pair or trio of picks, maybe a young player, and you can start to kind of flip this team from older to younger this offseason, which is the Packers. I believe it's the Packers' number one goal in the front office is really to begin the next era of Packers football. Mm. And maybe Rodgers is here for that. Maybe he's not. But if they can get a nice little package, two, three picks, maybe a player, that go a long way. Yeah, I mean, so Grant, I, I anoint you, uh, Grant Gutekunst. If someone approached you with two first-round picks, Rodgers, do you do it? Well, two first-rounders, yeah, if it's not an NFC rival. Like, I, I think it's the Jets or the Raiders, maybe the Dolphins. Like, there are teams that will trade for Rodgers, and there are teams, I believe, that will go after Tom Brady, but it's a more limited group of teams. And I want Aaron Rodgers in the AFC. So, yes, if someone approached me for that, I, like, I don't know what Brian Gutekind and Aaron Rodgers have talked about behind the scenes. I don't know if Goody's made any promises to Rodgers or – give him any you know, form of assurances. I don't want to stab my guy in the back here if I promise not to trade him or this or that. But, sure. yeah, like, yeah. If you can get two or three really nice picks or maybe a player for Rodgers. I think it makes a lot of sense, right? I mean, it, what, it sucks, what, it's, it's got to end eventually, right? It's got to yeah. end eventually. All right, Grant, before I let you go, I, d- I did notice that your graphics department uh, did get uh, the correct spelling on the word gauge. Where is... The fire guard, the fire Greg guard gauge at right now, uh, according to Grant Bills and the Wisco Sports Show. 
Oh, it's not good, Evo. Public perception of Greg Gard is not strong at this moment. Uh, to, to fill your listeners in, I have been tracking the approval rating of Badgers coach Greg Gard. Oof. I've been straw-polling Badgers fandom, like, like the Marquette Law School poll, really, is what yeah, I'm doing. Oh, of course. After every Badger game, and uh, and the the reflection, the, the reaction, uh, the, the results of my polling are reflected in the Greg Gard gauge, and I've been tweeting it out on social media. Uh, last night, the gauge uh, sits firmly in fire guard, Oof. and hopefully if the Badgers win this week when they travel to Maryland, the gauge will flip sides to tough night for the fire guard crowd. That's Oof. where we want to get back to, but right now Oof. we are firmly in fire guard territory. Mm. Grant, what's coming up on the Wisco Sports Show tonight? I love the, the, the guard um, Tonight we'll probably do a little bit of Aaron Rodgers trade because we didn't touch it at all yesterday. We did all like divisional round and a little Badgers. So we'll probably do Badgers tonight, maybe a little bit of Bucks, and probably do the Aaron Rodgers Love trade. It. Grant, it was a pleasure yeah. yesterday having you in studio. Wish it could happen again today, but it's still nice to hear your voice on these airwaves. Thank you so much for joining us, my friend. It's always a pleasure when we get to chat, fellas. Have a great day. Grant, adios, my friend. And, yeah. hey, and good luck in League of, League of Legends. Go get them, baby. No, oh, thank you. I appreciate right. it. Too so, like, League of Legends, I've never played it. I barely even know what it is. Have you ever played it? Yeah. I'm sure Rowdy has. I've heard of Absolutely it, but I've not. never played it. I've heard of it. I, I don't even know, like, exactly what it is. So, what, do you know the objective, the goal? I think it's just racking up points. Kills. The last video game that I consistently Anybody? played, Anybody? played... Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2. Oh, that dates me. Back when games were games, Rowdy. You get in the the, uh, the lobby just screaming all kinds of stuff at people in that. Little oh. NHL, little Madden, little, uh, little NBA 2K, college football way back in the day. But obviously, I'm dating myself to like 2011. I'm not talking about Foreigner Song. I'm not talking about Outside. I'm not talking about when this guy gives you daggers, when you say something wrong about Wisconsin. That's Zach Heilprin. I'm talking about the Wisconsin Badgers. Good morning, Zach. Good morning. What's going on today, brother? Not much. Zach. Ice cold. Wisconsin basketball in the final minutes of games. Do they not have a legit guy that can take over? Like, I know Chucky Hepburn thinks he's that guy. It, maybe it's just you know recency bias for me, but can this dude like? When's the last time I feel like he? When's the last time he hit a big shot? I feel like it's been a while. I mean, he's hit quite a few big shots this year, but I mean, if you talk about end of game stuff, he's done more of his damage on defense with steals and that type of thing. Yeah. Um, uh, the Purdue game last year, <laughs> he hit a rather big one last year. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, that's yeah, I mean, we knew year. that. We knew. I mean, we knew this. They they don't have that guy they don't have a johnny davis they don't have that guy they can turn to and i'm not i think i think chucky is a clutch player he hasn't played like it obviously shooting wise um all the time but yeah, defensively you're right though yeah i mean he, he's a yeah he, he gets it done there look they they're we talked all all year about how small their margin is because they are not extremely talented and they play all these close games they've missed tyler wall for three games lost the ball they they lose max klesnett uh, and uh, he would have obviously played a significant role in, in uh, especially on defense against some of Northwestern's guys last night. So, yeah, I mean, but it, it comes down to fuck. It comes down to hitting shots, right? Oh, it totally. Down, it comes down to making your free throws and hitting shots late. When you miss ten of your last eleven, I think uh, they made one of the last ten, and then you shoot what you did at the free throw line, 
you're going to lose games in close games, especially when the other team, um, you know, it's not like Northwestern hit shots, but they hit their free throws. That was the difference in the game. This is what can like is so perplexing to me about Wisconsin basketball, especially this season when it's, you know, it's all about close games. How, why is it? And then this, this is no, this is an open-ended answer. I don't think anyone can ever figure this out. Why is it like you can take Kansas to the wire? You know, you can, you can take like a Marquette team down. You can take, you know, insert good team, um, why is it then like the level of competition? Then you play against someone who's lesser, and you still gonna bite your nails, like the Wisconsin versus Minnesota, for example. Is like, are they a good team or aren't they a good team? Why is it every single game it's down to the wire, depending on no, no matter how good or bad the team is? Because they don't have great talent. They but how can you hang with like a Kansas then? Because they play the the uh, defense can lock teams up. Like defense is a, is a great equalizer, and they were actually hitting some shots that day. And yet their defense was still, I mean, their inability to grab a rebound cost them in that game. It, yeah. it comes down to making plays at the end. And in a majority of games this year, they've done it. And in some games, like last night and like against Michigan State, they didn't. Um, it, their margin for victory is just so small. The Big Ten is, is kind of like that. But I, it's pretty, I mean, it's, I don't want to say it's simple, but they uh, are going to play a ton of close games because they're not, they're not, not talented. They're just not overly, they don't have that guy that can take them to another level. So they're going to be playing so many, so many close games and it comes down to the end. And sometimes they make the plays and sometimes they don't. And last night, I, look, I have no doubt that if, if Tyler wall plays in those three games, they, they maybe they probably win one of them, at least one of them. Mm-hmm. And I have no doubt that if Max Klesman was playing last night, they win that game. Okay. Is, uh, is, is it really just because they're thin? Is it like yeah, they're not a deep team? Really. So just losing one guy like a Klesman and all of a sudden that you're in disarray. Yes. Well, I don't know about disarray. They were right there. Well, I right? Mean, they, had, I mean. they had a shot, shot to win it. Offensively, yeah, they're in disarray at the end. Like, that was it, terrible. It, it makes a, a significant difference when you were a uh, thin team bench-wise and you don't really have anybody you can bring off the bench to help you last night. I mean, Jordan Davis was great to start and ended up with 15 points, but you would have liked that coming off the bench. Instead, he has, he's playing. You don't have anything coming off the bench. You got a little bit from Kamari and McGee, but otherwise – their bench hasn't been uh, nearly good enough. And when you lose a Tyler Wall or you lose a Max Klesman, it gets even shorter. Yeah, and I don't want to be the bearer of bad news, but it it's being reported now that uh, Max Klesman not likely to play a Wednesday against Maryland. Yeah, do, you know, do you know what's up with his, like, did he get his brain splattered or something? You know what's up? Well, so obviously we know. I know he took a hard saw, right? elbow. Yeah, we, yeah we, we know what we saw with the, the blood and, and all that stuff. What happens? What is the possibility of something else happening when you get hit in the head? What's what's the other thing that can happen? Concussion. Okay, so um, I don't know that to be the case, but you forget it your feels name. Like, get it feels like it feels like that's the case. Um, because otherwise, they don't have to say game. anything, though, right? Like they don't have to. No, you know. no, that's why they're calling it an upper body injury. Like it's, <laughs> we all saw where he got hit. We all saw what happened. So, like he. I, Max, Max is a tough kid. If it was just stitches, I guarantee you'd be playing. But the fact that he didn't even travel with them yesterday, yeah. so it's obviously something more significant than uh, just it's a cut lift. Because they flew, right? No, they drove. And they're they fly, drove. Then they fly into Maryland. Then they're flying to Maryland. They, they, yeah, they flew to Maryland last night. So now with this, you know what, three games in six days, uh, there are some people making a big stink about it. You know, But what did Greg Gard have to say last night about it, Zach? They played three, ga- played three games in a row in, in the Bahamas. They yeah. play in the postseason games on back-to-back nights. Now, the difference here is you're, 
not traveling there, yeah. right? Like you're just playing a game, going back to your hotel room, and then playing a game. Um, and that's not how, what this is. This is not playing for uh, a week and then having to jump right back into it against Northwestern, getting on a plane, having today to practice, and then play it again, and then having to fly back home and play Illinois on Saturday. Three games Pink. in six days, not great uh, for a team that is dealing with uh, some injury issues. And I thought that the Northwestern game getting pushed back may have given Max a chance to play and given Tyler another chance to get his, his ankle back uh, a little bit more healthy than it had been. Um, and obviously that one was the case and the other one wasn't. All right, so Zach, um, twelve games. Yeah. I mean here, twelve games. Rowdy, what's the what's the number? Tell Hank we said hi. Hey, Hank, what's the Hank, seven? Is that the magic number? Yeah, it looks like they probably don't tell him to stop. He's trying to get to win seven games if they want some real NCAA. Uh, you know, nineteen is kind of the number, right, Zach? If you want to get into the NCAA tournament, most of the time. 20 is obviously the number you'd love to get to, but if they could get to 10 and 10 in conference play, which would be six wins, would be 18. You're, you're, you you would feel all right. And then maybe you have to go and win a game in the big 10 tournament, but at 10 and 10 in this league, I think it would certainly help you. And, and the problem is, and I, they're not going to take into consideration what this last five game stretch has been. You know what I mean? They're not going to say, oh, well, they were missing Tyler Wall for this and Max Klesman for that. That They won't do that. So it's it's what your resume is. And I think getting to 19 would, would almost guarantee them getting in. Um, 18, and maybe, you're, maybe you need to one, win one in, in the Big Ten tournament. Do you think, I asked Ebo this, do you think, I know it's Grambling State, but not playing that extra game to have an extra win against a Division One opponent? could maybe hurt them down the stretch because it doesn't sound like they're going to uh, get that in. No, they're not. That game's not, I mean, it's done, especially not Grambling state. Yeah, no, it's, uh, they needed to, they need, and that's why they played the game last night. There were a whole bunch of uh, like scenarios. Yeah. Do you know any of these scenarios? Cause I heard guard saying like, like this is the best out of the, all the bad scenarios. Yeah, there was, I, I don't know exactly. Right. But I will say that the, uh, there was a chance of going no contest um, and the game just not being played. And that would have hurt them, right? Cause they need, they needed the opportunity to win a game or they needed the games to add wins for their resume. And so if you don't play that game, um, you're putting yourself again, the, the win, the opportunity for wins goes down. Uh, yeah. The, the Grambling state game, I think certainly could hurt them. That's why they were trying to find a way to, to play a, Another team. I know they called Milwaukee now, when they were that in that uh, in that time period. Yeah. So yeah, they they could be hurt by. If that you're like sure. a bubble team and the committee is looking at your resume, do they take that into consideration? You'd think like, well, okay, like you know, the, the game because Grambling State was scared of a little wind and snow. Like, does that go into consideration, or is it? Oh, sorry, it didn't happen. Didn't happen. That's a good question. I'm guessing is it didn't happen. It didn't happen. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, that stinks. Uh, Zach Hopper joining us right now. So, Zach, uh, Maryland coming up here. Um, what are we thinking about the matchup uh, tomorrow already? I feel like it's going to be another close game. Tough game. <laughs> well, I, well, you would hope it's a, t- a close game, right? Um, I don't think there's any guarantee that's going to happen, but not. it's another tough one without having your full lineup. And Wisconsin needs all their players, and they won't have all their players uh, with, with Max not playing. So Maryland uh, is another one. It's, it's funny. You look at the standings in the Big Ten. And Wisconsin's a game out of second place, and they're also only a game out of 11th place. Yeah. 
and um, Maryland is that one of those teams that's tied. Or I, I guess I didn't see what happened with Ohio State last night, whether they were whether they won last night or not. When I looked at the stands after the Wisconsin game, they were tied at three and five uh, with Maryland in eleventh place. So eh, very little separates you from uh, a double bye from having to play on Wednesday. Sure, Zach, uh, we have a question, and maybe. Um... I mean, I would like you to answer it too. But if you're still by your little puppy Hank, we would uh, would love to have Hank bark once uh, for yes to fire guard or twice to not fire guard. If you could put the phone in front of Hank and and see what he says, yes is one bark, no is two barks. What if no barks? That's also fire him. <laughs> well, the fire great guard crew is uh, getting loud and, and proud again, and it's a little nauseating. What's is the seat getting hot? I mean, that's, that's an arbitrary question. Like, what, what are we thinking about Gardo and uh, the, the people that want to see him uh, canned? I'd like to again. I I, don't know, I feel like kind of being a broken record here. That's, they don't have the full uh, team. They don't have their full team, and he, he here's the thing: he has to obviously take him and his staff have to take. I don't want to say blame, but they have to take. Uh, responsibility for the roster being the way it is. They weren't able to uh, get certain guys that they wanted in the portal. And, you know, recruiting-wise, they have to, you know, not not having Ben Carlson, not having Matthew Moores, you know, those are Chris Hodges not being ready. Like, those those types of things are uh, things they have to do. They have to take responsibility for. Yeah. But it also, when they are a full team and they have everybody there, they are 12-2. Uh, and two. Right. So, I mean, I, I don't know exactly uh, what the folks want. I mean, I, again, I said, well, the mob is never, the haters are never mad enough. The the mob is always angry. You have to take responsibility for the roster and that's great guard. But when the roster is healthy and and they're ready to go, they're, they're a a really solid team. So um, let's get everyone back and see what it looks like down the stretch. Well, Zach, you know about the angry mob, but they could get their way. Uh, you, you give the mob an inch, they want to, you know, they'll take a mile, right? So if, the, mob if, is, the mob is fickle. <laughs> the mob is never satisfied. Ooh, that was one bark. That was one bark. So Oh. Hank, so, Hank, Hank's Hank, on the fire uh, guard crowd. Yikes. Yeah. That's tough on yeah. Hank. Uh, well, 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 it's Dane sleeping. I would like to get the, the, the temperature of the room from Dane, too. But anyways. Uh, he only knows Dane, football. <laughs> yeah, Dane, he, yeah. Dane just. Uh, pinned him down and was like, what are you talking about? Well, good. He's, uh, he's protecting Greg Guard. We appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah, All right, so, Zach, before I let you go, I know uh, you really wanted to talk about this, too, and I was texting you with you yesterday. Is Aaron Rodgers going to get traded? What's the, what's, the, what's the vibe like on that? I feel like right now I, I lean in the trading camp right now, and I feel like it might happen. What do you think? Oh, yeah. It's, it feels that way. Yeah. Now, based on reports the last two off seasons, they're really hard to take serious, but... Um, <laughs> You know, I'm. Is it wrong to say I'm hopeful? Uh, I know. You, I know. There's a lot of Rogers guys out there, but uh, is there? Like, no, I don't think there's many Rogers guys anymore. I think the camp is uh, dwindling. There's two, two barks. All right. So now, oh, oh, that, three, oh. what? What does three mean? I think it means feed me or walk me. <laughs> Love me. No, he. he no, he oh. wants the ball. But I think. Are, I think he's. I think he's signaling trader on Rogers of that many. Yes. Uh, Taking after his I'm owner. A, yeah. I'm, I'm of the opinion that uh, they should trade him, get what you can for him, and and move on. And it's what it kind of sounds like it's what he wants, and it kind of sounds like I don't know based on the lukewarmness of uh, Brian Gutekunst's comments. Uh, it's kind of what maybe the Packers want too. So move on, best for both sides, and and we'll see what happens. And maybe he'll, maybe he will, maybe he will. Uh, <laughs> 
Tell Hank we love him. An MVP and a Super Bowl somewhere else, but it's not going to be the Packers. Tell Hank we love him. We miss him. He's cute. We'd love to see him in the office again so we can pet him, okay? Yeah, all right. Let's see you, Zach. Good stuff. Thanks, guys. Sorry. For what? Yeah. Killer segment, dude. See ya. There is Zach Halpin, our sports director, and his sidekick, Hank the Dog. All right, Nelly, let me ask you this. Coming uh, into the offseason, right when the Packers lost to the Lions, obviously a stinker, was hoping they get into the playoffs. Let me ask you this. Did the thought of Rodgers, what was the, in your mind, what was the most prevailing thought? Rodgers is coming back. Rodgers is retiring or Rodgers is going to be traded? At the very end of the season, Rodgers was coming back. Now on January 24th at 640 in the morning, Rodgers coming back, Rodgers retiring or Rodgers being traded? I would say with knowing more about the details of his contract and the amounts that are going to be due and the fact that yeah, look at that three years and say, man, it would almost have to be like it's guaranteed or like it was assured he was coming back uh-huh. each each year, which clearly if he's got, you know, two, three more years left on this contract and he hasn't been very assuring that he's coming back the last two years, I don't think you can feel like it's uh, likely he plays every single year the next three years. So. I would say probably traded. And now I'm, that, there, I'm right there with you. Now, all of a sudden, it's Ian Rappaport, yeah. it's Adam Schefter, yeah. it's Pat McAfee. It was even Aaron Rodgers himself talking and bringing up the word traded. I, I'm i right there with you. When the season ended, I'm like, Rodgers isn't going out like that. There's no way that Rodgers can go out like that at the end of his career as a Green Bay Packer. I'm like, he is coming back. And then I watched the press conference, and I'm like, man. Sounds like a guy who's kind of unsure about his status. Now, I know if that was with playing, like for good, or with playing with the Green Bay Packers. And now as the uh, you know, kind of the weeks of days have ticked on here, I think the biggest outcome right now, the one which was most least likely, now is most likely, is the trade of Aaron Rodgers. I don't think he's going to finish his career out in Green Bay. I think he's on another team, I, it, which is wild to say. I think Rodgers, God. And it kind of makes sense, though, doesn't it, Rowdy? I mean, he's if you read the little tea leaves and the cookie crumbles that he's left around, he's like, I don't want to be a part of any rebuild. They have Jordan Love. They can use them if they want. You know, I want to be able to, you know, I still can play at a high level, and I think I can still win a championship. Well, he's also said things, if you're talking about the bread trail, breadcrumbs, yeah. talking about young talent, and clearly Romeo Dobbs and Christian Watson were talented and they were young guys. So it made you kind of think like you look at some of the guys on the Packers roster this off season or this season in the, the young talented department, they did find a few in the draft. AJ Dillon, I would still say would, would fall under young and talented just, just due to where he was yeah, totally. in his contract and his career. But yeah, still, but again, this is also the guy that, after a year of football said, my future is a beautiful mystery. <laughs> so, I mean, in my opinion, people that concern themselves with everything he posts on Instagram or likes on Twitter or says in an interview, I almost feel like at this point he says it just to stir both sides up. Oh, totally. And to get some of these media turds going. And at this point, it's like, ah, I don't <laughs> care. Uh, let's just, let's just, can we get to the combine and the draft and see if anything's happened yet? 
Well, yeah, yeah, but here's the thing. In sports radio, you're going to have to talk about it. As, uh, it's the golden goose that is Aaron Rodgers. And speaking of talking about it, uh, he's on the Pat McAfee show today. Uh, the King just says Rodgers already had uh, proclaimed that he will not have a decision whether he will play or not this year on the Pat McAfee show. So everyone will decipher and dissect everything he says, though. I have not looked at his, uh, his likes on Instagram or uh, Twitter at all. I, I, it's something I never do for people, really. They just pop up on my timeline sometimes. I know some of our listeners, uh, when it happens, they like a set of certain things that are really big. Uh, Owen G-Dub, I'm going to play something for you, by the way, coming up at 7 o'clock. And then uh, Rogers, I have not checked on his uh, his likes. I should go look at that, actually. Adam Schefter originally said it over the weekend about a huge, strong possibility of Rogers being traded. And, you know, Adam Schefter is reporting on Rogers uh, past couple seasons. It's been a little, little shaky, a little iffy. Ian Rappaport, though, on the Pat McAfee show yesterday, threw his hat in the ring. I mean, it's not an impossibility. Hmm. Oh, real possibility. Whoa. Okay. Impossibility. So here's the thing about Rodgers being traded. Because of the way his contract is structured, it, a trade is possible. It's it's like you can do it financially. You can come up with the compensation. I think Green Bay likes what they have in Jordan Love. So like, if they got the right package, I think they could do a deal. It would be $60 million dollars. For one season, somebody would pay him. That is what he's on the books for cash next year. So if you trade for, let's say you're the Jets. Let's say you're the Jets and you're like, all right, I'm going to, we're going to go all in. We're trading for Aaron Rodgers. You're going to be trading for a quarterback you're giving up a first rounder for, I'm sure, probably more, and pay $60 million, which would be by far the highest paid quarterback. So could do it, but like that isn't. Astronomical Matt amount. Ryan. What's a cold situation? You got to cut Matt Ryan first, I think. Well, Matt Ryan's going to be on TV. Yeah, he is. Well, there's a there's Ian Rappaport. Right there. You're on hook for, as Rappaport says, possibly a first round pick in sixty million dollars. Yeah. Then Woo-hoo. there's some people that were in the Aaron Rodgers trade him at all cost camp, especially that really picked up steam. You know, halfway be- between the season. Yeah. A lot of those people were factoring in that they were going to get two, three first-round picks. A lot of the projected Aaron Rodgers trade, what you would get back, the three first-round picks really isn't out there. The one that I saw was like second-round pick this year, and if he comes back the following year, then you'd get a first-round pick. And then if he came back the following year after that, you'd get a first-round pick. So it ended up being two first-round picks in a second, but really you were only guaranteed a first, or a second-round pick this season because there's no guarantees Aaron Rodgers comes back. What if they trade him to a situation, and it's kind of a questionable situation, but he was willing to roll the dice, yeah. and it turns out to fall flat. Yeah. It's a guy that could retire in the blink of an eye. Like, I'm out of here. And then you got your second-round pick, and you're like, well... And we still had to pay him a lot of money, too. The Packers have really painted themselves in quite the corner with uh, the end of Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, I think at this point, uh, some of the best, some of the best Aaron Rodgers trade scenarios was like a first round pick and a NFL serviceable starter. Yeah, yeah. Now, there are teams that are willing to that haven't had quarterbacks in eons uh, deck or never have. And are willing to get the skeletal remains of someone's, you know, proverbial skeletal remains of their career. Well, like the Jets. Pat McAfee right there goes, what's the Colts situation? As they've literally went from one old aging quarterback to the next for like the last, feels like pretty much since Andrew Luck retired. Now let's see here. uh, 
Matt Ryan, obviously. Carson Wentz before that. Who else did they have there? Phillip Rivers. Phillip Rivers. Uh, Jacoby Brissett. Anyone, 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 the first three at the end of their careers, you would rather have an Aaron Rodgers than, a, than an old Matt Ryan and a Carson Wentz. Or uh, old it's funny. Rivers. It's funny that you say an old Matt Ryan as Aaron Rodgers is older than him. <laughs> right. Or he just I'd looks be, old. I'd huh? be Does willing he? to bet that uh, when you say an old well, Matt Ryan's 37, Philip Rivers, Aaron Rodgers probably older right now than what Philip Rivers was then. Yeah. Well, I mean, old relative in the situation, but Rodgers and his level of game much better than a what's Philip Rivers 41 now. So and that would have been at least three years ago. Yeah. So he'd have been 38. <laughs> It was Aaron Rodgers 39. is 39. It was Carson Wentz, just terrible. All right, real quick on the Rodgers trade. I don't want them to trade Rodgers. I think the Packers are better with Rodgers this coming year than without Rodgers. I do not want them to trade Rodgers. But I feel like it's moving that direction. Like uh, something in the minutia of it all, the ether, I feel like they're leaning the trade route. What are we, Rody? Yeah, this uh, this Aaron Rodgers contract where it's Rogers. got three years left on it. Does he give you the best opportunity to win a Super Bowl next season? Yes, clearly, or else they probably would have already moved him. Correct. Now that being said, does his contract and how it just keeps getting bigger and bigger with the odds of him potentially walking away after next season or after the season after that? Does carrying his contract give you the best shot of winning a Super Bowl. Like the player on the field 100% does. But then you got to keep going up with the money. Does 2023 he does 2024 does does he or is the contract weighing too much? Yeah. 2025 same thing. Yeah. And you're going to as you go along on this contract, you're going to be getting less and less value back for an aging quarterback that's yeah. making more and more money. So the trade value is only going to get worse. In theory, he's only going to get worse. The end's inevitable. But yes, as of right now, next season, I think he gives you the best shot. Yep. Before I go to the phones. Good morning. One young Ben Kenny. And I quote, Packers need to move on from Rodgers now. Good morning. Hey, buddy. Um, What's going on? The exact... No, I think it's... I don't think they need to. I'll, I'll, try, I'll try to remember your tweet off the top yeah. of my head. No, the wording is, it, like, it's in their best long-term interest to do it, I think. I don't think they need to, because the worst-case scenario here is you have... Or it depends how you view it. But one of the scenarios is you have Aaron Rodgers back next season, which is fine. Um, and it could end up being very, very good. Going into the future, though, you're you're then more screwed. Yeah, the, the longer this deal goes on, the more FDR well, on for money. So I think it's it's best in their interest long term to trade him now, not only because of what you know, I think he's going to be for two three years, but I think it's the only way we can really learn about Matt Lafleur. Also, does does it feel like maybe like it just needs a, a, a reset? As crazy that is to say, it does. And think about this: this is the situation you would find yourself in. Let's say they get a one, which would be kind of surprising, but great. Then you have Jordan Love next year, and the roster is not great as we saw this season. No. But it's not horrible, right? There's some potential. Right. No, and they're a borderline playoff team if they come back. Like if the Devondre Campbells come back and, and play decent. Definitely. If the Rasul Douglas play decent. Definitely. And I think through the next year, you'll learn two things. One, 
if you actually will have Jordan Love as a long-term option, and two, whether Matt LaFleur is really that great of a coach. Yeah, good eyebrows. It might be too far to say, but I don't know if we could truly learn how good LaFleur is until the marriage with Rodgers is is done. See, I saw a projected roster and, and salary cap issue for Green Bay was if they re-signed and extended, uh, sorry, extended Rashawn Gary, cut, or sorry, restructured Bakhtiari again, Aaron Jones again, basically all the guys that they've kind of restructured here lately. If they did all of that, they could still re-sign Yash and a couple other players and basically retain the same team and still have about $15 million in cap space. But who are you really going to sign? That's an impact player on top of that. Like this, it's basically keeping the exact same team, hoping Aaron Rodgers can find that MVP level again and hoping you can break through and win the Super Bowl. Like you'd, you'd have to keep this team together. You again, go into another year of, well, now the off season of 2024 is going to get worse for us. And we need all the stars to align with Aaron Rodgers playing at an MVP level. Devondre Campbell coming back and playing well, Rasul Douglas playing well, Watson and Dobbs continuing to grow. We got a hit on our draft. So you'd almost need all the stars to align for a real shot at a Super Bowl. Yes, and it's hard when you look at the Niners and the Eagles and the Chiefs, maybe even the Bengals, the teams that are left, their rosters are just so loaded. And they each, just have so many good players. Each year as we go on, the Aaron Rodgers contract and the kicking the salaries down the road makes it harder and harder for the team around him to be good. So I think if you did bring Aaron Rodgers back next year, again, he gives you the best chance to win. But after this year... Do you really think do you really think with a 40-year-old Aaron Rodgers in 2024 with kicking the can down again and getting no, even in more like you will no. 100% next offseason be the worst yeah. salary cap team wise and it's already this like is, neck and neck right now for the worst spot but you're only going to get worse and he's only going to get older this, this is, is why they have to do it this offseason that's what I'm trying to say because it's yes do their chances next year drop a bit? I would say so. But it's also no guarantee that Rodgers is back to the MVP. If he had just played like an MVP this season, I think the conversation Like is it's different. the incoming, like they always say, well, the recession is going to hit, the recession is going to hit, the recession is going to hit. Okay, well, let's think in football terms. The recession of the Green Bay Packers is going to hit. Is, do you want it to happen sooner or later? But when it hits, do you want to then be able to learn about whether love is long-term option and if Matt LaFleur is actually your long-term coach? The only, the only difference Rogers, is Mark Murphy still knows his name. Well, one... The recession has already hit in this country. <laughs> well, you can say that about the Packers. Exactly. That's what I was going to say. You could say that after the 2021 season, the first time they brought the band back together, again, you had to have it all aligned, and it hasn't. And maybe we were just uh, blind to the fact that it already. Like had the Packers hit. are playing for Rogers a lot of money, just like we're paying ten dollars for eggs. Like it's it's already it's already going down. So, do you want to tear the bandaid off now, or do you want to just slowly peel it? For the upcoming years. Like, exactly. That's what I'm trying to say. Long term, long term, I think it gives them, if I had to say, would this move give them a better chance of winning a Super Bowl in the next eight years? I would say yes, trading him does. And right, that counts uh, next season with him back. I, uh, well, I nope. think Green Bay right now, Green Bay right now with Aaron Rodgers coming back and them retaining basically the same team is a playoff team because they can't look any worse and players are going to grow. You'd anticipate they could get another player or two that could really impact their offense. I think they're a playoff team with Aaron Rodgers. Without him, 
I think they're fringy, like kind of like they, they were this be. year. But I think overall, man, the the Green Bay Packers have a big decision to make. Yeah, I mean, yeah, this is <laughs> like you are either going to go in complete hell where the next two or three years, or if you go down the next two or three years with Rodgers, the two or three years after that, you are going to be so bad because all of those good players that you had yeah, are going to be retired on other teams yeah. and you're still going to be paying them yeah. a lot of money or you can hit the eject button now, get out of it. Maybe you miss a year or two of really good Aaron Rodgers, but you only have to feel like one year of so, pain. Like they could cut Aaron Jones, Bakhtiari and all these other guys and still have an all right line not have Rodgers, and you could take maybe one year the, of pain. The Packers feel like they're slowly starting to circle down the drain of despair, Ugh. and there's one last grasp to maybe grab the top and pull yourself out with the Super Bowl before you get sucked back down. And can they win the Super Bowl That's next year question. with Rodgers? That's the question. He has to be in it. Or you're going to get sucked down like in the pit of despair. In 2021. So not to bring this up, but I think the comp makes sense. The Eagles under Carson Wentz in 2020 were they were paying him too much money for how he was playing. The roster was getting old and they were starting to regress and they had a really bad season. And they kind of like they Packers took love. They had taken hurts recently in the second round. But what they did is they ripped the complete bandaid off. They traded a bunch of their good players like Ertz away. And then it took them one year with a bunch of smart moves. And now they're not paying Wentz anymore. And they happen to have. Hurts also on a rookie deal, but it, it only took a year and a half to two years to make the roster good again.